Welcome to Kids Dog Talk with Dr. Jenny. Today's guest is Dr. Pablo Anglas talking about the HPV vaccine. Dr. Anglas is a board-certified pediatrician and fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics. He is a civil surgeon for the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, vice chairman and chairman of Methodist Hospital Dallas, and medical lab director of MD Kids Pediatrics. He is the lead physician at MD Kids Wynwood in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to Kids Doc Talk with Dr. Jenny. Dr. Jenny is a board-certified pediatrician and is the director of telemedicine at Pediatric Associates. Hi, Dr. Anglis. Welcome. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. Um, We're going to talk about a topic that's actually very important and I think very relevant right now, which is... uh, HPV and the and the vaccine against HPV. So to start off with, what is HPV and what conditions is it associated with? Well, HPV is a um, it started with a, a study of viruses. It's a DNA virus that can be easily contacted contracted by the patient that is being exposed to any lesions. Can be um, easily contacted by mouth to mouth kissing by uh, oral sex, uh, skin-to-skin contact, or intercourse. And even though it's a virus, right, unlike other viruses, it's actually associated with, with some some pretty serious medical conditions, right? What kinds of things do we usually see associated with it? So what we, we see is during that this um, infection, the virus easily can get into the skin or the mucosa, and we have related conditions like warts, condyloma acuminatum, and early uh, cervix um, uterine lesion that lately can be turned into cancer. So I think that's, that's an important takeaway for me because that really makes HPV, I think, very unique. There's not a lot of viruses associated with cancer, right, or, or with, with malignancy. So um, this one, you know, is a little bit unusual, um, which I think makes the vaccine very, very important and critical to talk about. So um, the vaccine I sort of think of as being relatively new compared to the other childhood vaccines. Tell us a little bit about the history behind it. When did the vaccine come out and what patients is it meant to be for? Well, um, we have um, updated the information on HPV things uh, 2006 that it came and it was available by 2007. That's what we have. And we were really uh, very excited and ready to give the, the vaccinations to, to our patients, but there were some mm, political and some patients were not ready to go with us, but we were ready since 2007. And what patient population is it really meant for? Well, what I have that time around 2008, um, I have patients coming for regular checkups and I got uh, the shot record for patients from New England, from Rhode Island, that I got the HPV and there were both boys. And I say, wow, did it, we didn't know that time that the indication was not only for girls nine and up and for boys also, that's what we have now the indication for starting at nine, but for sure at 11 and 14 years. 
Is there ever a time for like I really the the audience here is primarily parents and caregivers, but um, also for my own education, is there like an age cutoff where someone is too old to qualify for the vaccine? Well, what happened with the, is uh, the research and what is being approved by usually CDC and FDA, I think the study stopped by 18 years. They put it, moved it a little bit to 21. They was not indicated for older than 21 because of the research, because of the papers that were presented for the authorization. But now we know that patients can get it later, even older than 27. Wow. So how how effective is it? Because I will talk a little bit about the hesitation um, and, the, and the discomfort people may have around it. But I first want to talk about why we think it's important. Well, what's the efficacy of this vaccine? Well, what I'm seeing and I'm reviewing, uh, it, it varies because it can protect for cancer up to 80 percent of the of the teenagers and 70% on the adult population. So it's very, very effective controlling cancer really is a vaccine against a virus. And that's what I tell my patients. We are protected. It's an investment on your child not to be infected, not to have cancer later in life. So what do you say to parents? Because I've had this happen where I offer the vaccine, I recommend the vaccine, and they say, you know what? It's a virus that is primarily sexually transmitted. My child is not sexually active. We don't need this vaccine. How do you approach that? Well, um, what I say is, uh, as I read, is um, it can be early um, infected by mouth kissing, by skin-to-skin -skin contact, by oral sex and later with um, intercourse. So what I know is a person can be infected very early in life. The, the virus gets into the body. It's a DNA, it's like our, our DNA gets embedded into the cells and it can be dormant day for years and later in life produce these warts and the cancer. So this is really, I like the word that you said investment. It really is an investment early on, right? Regardless of, of what what decisions that the child or the family is making, because when they're in adulthood and they potentially are exposed to this virus, having the vaccine early on um, is, is really hugely protective against development of cancer and malignancy. Yes, it is. And that's what I said, is it, is it very important because we'll talk later about the, the myths of this, but this is very important to start very early in life. I told them even between, before they are thinking about any any exposure, it is better to have the shield early on life. So we know nothing is risk-free. There's certainly side effects and right there, there's certainly um, you know, always things to think about with any kind of medical intervention. So now let's talk about the risks and side effects. What types of things are truly we know is associated with vaccines? Well, we haven't seen major side effects. What I've seen is a local uh, reaction, sometimes pain, and one or two days later, they call, we have a rash, a very redness over there. We just watch it and give some um, medication for the pain, for the inflammation, can be acetaminophen or ibuprofen. We haven't seen much. What I've seen is some kind, sometimes kind of dizziness mm -hmm. and fainting episodes. 
there is something that we are approaching our clinics very seriously. The child, the patient should get very well seated down, stay there after the child for 10 or 15 minutes. I told them, don't even move to the chair. So to avoid these collapses or dizziness, that's all I've seen. I haven't seen any major effects. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I think that what we think is sort of a vasovagal, right? That kind of dizziness and um, you're right, a little bit of a, of a disorientation after the vaccine. And usually we just watch the kids in the clinic for 10 to 15 minutes after the administration and they're fine. So now let's talk about myths because there's all sorts of things. There's like a new article every day about someone who got the HPV vaccine and now they're paralyzed, right? Or now they have some sort of debilitating illness. And, you know, this is, uh, um, I'm not sure the sources of these, but let's talk about myths because I think there's a lot of discomfort surrounding this vaccine because of the myths around it. It is that what we've seen is um, as any other vaccines, new vaccine shots, um, what, what, what I review is sometimes they think it's not effective, and yes, it is. It goes to 80 to 7% of effectiveness, not to get warts or cancer. So it is, that myth is not valid. And um, it can cause infertility. Has nothing to do with infertility, really. The studies are there, and they, on the other way, they are protected to have a, a healthy life. And the other one is that I don't need it. Yes, you need it because it's important. The research is there, they're giving protection. Um, I can tell you for personal experience, uh, as you can tell, I'm from South America, I'm from Peru, and we have seen on early uh, patient that 2021 with a spread um, uterine cancer going to the liver, to the lungs. And at medical school, we used to see those tumors protruding from the vagina that is cervical cancer. And we don't see this now. So it is important to let know our medical students, our residents, that they're not seeing these visions anymore. It really protects and you need it. I think those those are important. I, I, I've seen a lot of fallacy around the long term consequences of, of this vaccine. And um, like I said, you know, some some sort of debilitating neurological condition, which which we know, you know, of course, is not associated with the vaccine, just like we know autism is not associated with with any vaccine. Right. It just sometimes that's how the timing of things evolve. And so people like to link the two together. Um, so I have this vaccine, you said, has been out since 2007. Right is really when it first came on the market. So um, countless doses, I'm thinking at this point, have been given. And so um, if there was really any true concern for, um, you know, the consequence um, or any debilitation, it would be taken off the market. Is that fair to say? Yes, it is. And it was at the beginning was already approved, but then there were some changes and we have to change the schedule. But now we are highly recommended uh, started at nine for boys and girls. Is there any benefit to giving the vaccine or introducing it early, right? Because it's 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 indicated from the time that children are nine, but I know right in our practice, we offer it at nine, but there's always a right chance to get it when they're later. We try again at 11, right? Try again at 13 if they haven't um, accepted it yet. Any benefit to getting it early? I think it is the benefit is there it is the earlier the better we don't know when are they gonna be exposed when is gonna happen so i think as i said before 
it's a shield protecting our boys and our girls early in life. So it is better. And as we say, probably in the recommendation, if it's early, uh, we can be just only uh, two vaccines, six months apart. So it is better to, to go that route. 11 to 12, maybe they're gonna need three vaccines. What 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 are the um, the um, intervals between the doses right now? For younger ones, it's uh, six months apart for nine to eleven, and for eleven to twelve, it will be uh, three shots, starting at zero, and the other one can be uh, two doses later. Uh, two can be at uh, two months and six months later. What do you say to parents who? Um, are right maybe accept all of this say okay i understand it's an important vaccine it's going to protect against the virus that's associated with cancers but i still have i'm nervous i'm still nervous what what would you say what are like some main takeaways that you really want families to know to increase their comfort about this well what i learned about uh, along these years I, I i tell them and they agree with me i told them i give it to my girls i get my nine year old my 10 year old my limb they got a shot and nothing happened so they look at me like oh well so this is an i think it's an important message letting them know that my close relatives got the vaccine and say oh well well so sometimes they they may then change their mind i love that okay fantastic anything else any main takeaways or anything that you want families to know about hpv or, or the vaccine well again as the vaccines um there are some beliefs and reluctant to get vaccinations. And I told them that I agree with that. I don't share this, but for many reasons, political, I don't know, or sometimes religious or for thoughts, I told them, you are gonna still be my patient. I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm recommending something that is gonna be a benefit for your kids. Again, I respect your decision. I don't share it, but if you change your mind, get the information and you can come back anytime. We're here for you. I love that approach. I love that approach. I think that's fantastic. And that really, I think, encourages families to ask questions, right? We don't just want people to do it because we say to do it. We want people to ask questions and, and do some shared decision-making and be comfortable with uh, the recommendations that they're taking from us. Yes, yes, I agree with that and the other one is um uh regarding boys they say that the boys don't need it yeah. and i told them that yes um i have i was trying to look into the the research that some populations that in, in increase or in improve circumcision on boys it is what really that in the smegma can be uh carrying the hpv population of circumcised male have less risk of uh, cancer of the of the uterus of the cervix. So I think that's an important message uh, because the boys can be the carriers. The boys can be the carriers and can also be affected, right? Because we know that it's associated with anal cancers. It's associated with cancers around and, and on the vocal cords, right? And and unfortunately that HPV do, doesn't discriminate genders. Um, and, and right, every everyone is unfortunately at risk. I think we have the, the opportunity to talk to them. Um, on the early uh, months of the pandemic, I was uh, able to do telemedicine from home. 
and I have the opportunity to talk to them a little more extended during the telemedicine um, appointments. So I think it's, it's gonna be a great tool to let them know that we are here presentially or telemedicine to let us know and given the benefits, all the vaccinations or healthy life and sports and everything. So I'm very excited with the, the post and telemedicine. Excellent, thank you for that. Well, listen, thank you so much. This this has been great. I'm, I'm really appreciative of the time that you took to talk to us about this important topic. Thank you to you. I'm happy to be here anytime. Thank you for the invitation and happy 4th of July. Thank you, you too. Mm, goodbye, thank you. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for joining us on Kids Doc Talk. Talk.